the most important thing is coming out of these episodes that you listen here on the show and you actually do something with it. Even if it's a failure, the truth is you either get the result you wanted or the lesson you needed. So truly there is no failure if you just do. What you don't wanna do is live with those regrets. This is not your average business podcast because here we are going to discuss how you hit your goals without losing yourself, your values, or your relationships along the way. We believe in the whole person versus the long-term hustle approach and demonstrating to our children what living a life full of purpose is truly about. We're here for the woman who is an aspiring entrepreneur, developing her personal brand, and staying open to the opportunities that come before her. We're here for the woman yearning to find businesses that align with her, her core being, so she can feel in alignment with her life. Come on this journey with us as we navigate this very full season and pursue a life we love. Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for a greater purpose? Are you craving connection? Perfect. You are in the right place and we're excited to get you one step further than you are today. We are honored to have Pat Flynn on the podcast today. So Pat was essential in helping me learn the basics of podcasting, and I'll be a lifelong student of his. He's a father, he's a husband, and an entrepreneur, and is the king of teaching others how to create multiple income streams, which I know is going to be a big part of many people's entrepreneurial journeys. So Pat, we can't wait to dig into the ways our community can begin their journey to earning passive income. But first, is there anything else that you'd like to add about yourself for our audience? Oh, wow. Uh, Abby, thank you so much. And thank you, Kat, for having me here. And hello, everybody. I hope uh, you're having a great day. I'm just so excited for this conversation. I do want to preface the conversation we're about to have because you set me up perfectly. And we're, we're already starting to talk about passive income. But I want everybody to know that, number one, this does not happen overnight. It takes a lot of hard work. And it takes some understanding and some immersive empathy to understand who it is you're serving and how to best serve them. That takes time. But I'm going to hopefully help cut the time in half or if not more for you. And then secondly, the sort of passive part of it, is the last thing to happen, right? It takes some active work and some things to happen up front before you can then put systems and automation and tools and other people in place to then remove yourself from that thing that you created that serves other people to then you know get some time back to do what you want with. So the passive part comes last, but we're here. This is all real. And I'm just so grateful to have the opportunity to share what I can to, to serve you today. I'm so excited to interview you personally because your story just aligns so perfectly with where so many people are who are our listeners right now. And mm -hmm. the pandemic was really hard for so many people these past two years. And people are starting to get really clear on what they want to be doing with their lives. And for some, they were pushed into situations that they didn't necessarily see coming. And that's kind of where your story kicked back in 2008 when you lost your dream job as an architect. And so I would just love if you could explain to our listeners about how you were able to build up from this fall because again, so many people are in the midst of transitions. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in 2008, you might remember it's called the Great Recession. A lot of jobs were being lost and mine was one of them. And I don't know if you've ever been punched in the stomach and you lost your breath, but that's kind of how I felt like. But it was not just for like a small moment. It was for several weeks because I had been building my whole career up to being, being an architect and I was doing everything the way I was supposed to. And I got a great job and was climbing the corporate ladder. And then all of a sudden, you know, I got pushed off the ladder and it didn't feel very good. And I didn't know what to do next. I didn't know of any other ladder. However, I'm very grateful for podcasts specifically because it was a particular podcast that changed my life, in fact. And this is why I love podcasting and teaching podcasting so much because it had that much of an impact on me. There was a show that was 
running at the time of my layoff. And it was called Internet Business Mastery. And it was hosted by two gentlemen, Jeremy and Jason. And what they did was they just told stories of people who were building a business online. And I got really inspired. And in fact, there was one particular episode with a man named Cornelius Fitchner, who was helping people pass the PM exam or the project management exam online just through his website and making six figures doing it. And I just couldn't understand how that all worked. But I was also inspired because you know, I wasn't taking the project management exam, but I had just taken so many different exams in the architecture space. And there was one in particular that was very difficult because I just couldn't find any information about it, but I had passed it. And I said, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to see if I can take the information I know about this exam and put it online for people. And this is a website at greenexamacademy.com. It still exists today. This exam that I was helping people prep for was called the LEAD exam, which stands for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. And lo and behold, people started finding it through Google and started telling their friends about it. And then it got to the point where multiple thousands of people were coming to my website every single day for help. And then I eventually created a study guide, a PDF file, literally just wrote it in Word, had no idea what, what I was doing. I, again, through some different communities online, I found out where to put it to then get a buy now button to put on my website. And in October of 2008, which was a few months after I got laid off, I had made $7,908.55 by selling that PDF file on my website. And it just blew me away. I was so excited, so happy and joyous that you know I was able to sort of figure something out. But then almost immediately after, I think hours after my first sale, I, uh, I, I remember starting to question everything, right? Oh my gosh, who am I to, to do this? Am I even qualified? What if a person asks for a refund? What if I get sued? What if I, I don't know, something happens to my family because of this? All these things in our brains start to pop up when we're doing something new that's different. It's sort of a safety mechanism. But when you really step back and think about those kinds of stories that you're telling yourself, you know, in reality, they're often way outlandish and stuff that would honestly never happen. And I was really grateful because the more and more I leaned into this new ladder that I was climbing, which in the corporate ladder, right, there's steps that you take and it's kind of a slow rise. And there's also a ceiling, right, that you can only make so much money or go so far. But in this entrepreneurial ladder, I just, I couldn't even see the end of it. There was so much opportunity. There were so many rungs on that ladder and, and the ceiling is really up to you and as far as where you want it to be. But what was really, really amazing was in retrospect, you know, I, I actually have my fingerprint on several different buildings around the United States with my work as an architect, but nobody will ever know that. I mean, I could, I, I'm saying that right now, but how could I ever even prove that to you? Versus this little exam that I was helping people with, people were sending me pages and pages of thanks for helping them pass this exam that was very difficult for them, that helped them get a raise, that helped them get a promotion. And it was just like, wow, I'm actually getting recognition in this little tiny space, way more than all the five years of school and, you know, three years as an architect, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And it really inspired me to go out and help other people figure out what little niche they could provide service for. Because the truth is, when most people want to start a business, right, they think of, well, how do I create the next Tesla? How do I create the next Uber or something huge, right? But, you know, you don't have to build something that changes the entire world. You just have to build something that changes somebody's world. And that's where you start. Oh, that was so well said. I'm going to take that one with me. And you're so right about 
the going from corporate America or a job that you're serving somebody else to a job and creating a career where you're serving your people, you're serving your mm-hmm. person, you're serving the individuals that you know you can help based on your unique skill set. So, so well said there. And I did like, Pat, that you said that you talked about the questioning and the am I qualified. When we're doing something oh, yeah. new, I mean, we can have the uncertainty. We can start to talk ourselves out of doing the thing that we were always meant to do. And sometimes it's our own selves that's holding us back. So if you're listening right now, and that is you, take Pat's word for it. Take all of our word for it. You just got to keep on going. (laughs) You do. But at the same time, like that doesn't go away. Like I've been an entrepreneur for 13 years now. I still get imposter syndrome, just so you know. For many of us, it doesn't go away. It's just, okay, well, what do you tell yourself about that story you're writing? And, And is that actually true? And two things have really helped me. Number one is getting connected with other people. So communities especially in the entrepreneurial space where you can surround yourself with incredible people who can support you and lift you up. Oftentimes, we sometimes are around people or even live with people or even are sometimes married to people who might not necessarily be lifting us up like perhaps we are hoping. So surrounding yourself with people who can lift you up is really key. And this is why getting involved in communities like I did when I started out was absolutely vital. I wouldn't be where I am at today without the people I surrounded myself with. And I'm so grateful for all those people who see things that you can't see, right? You can't read the label when you're inside the bottle, which is why trying to do this on your own is very, very difficult. And the second thing is on your way, it's to combat that questioning, it's micro wins. So I often say when people are trying to start a business, you know, they're like, oh, how do I get thousands of customers? And how do I get in front of this many people to share my product? I'm like, okay, let's just make this simple. Get one person, one result. Find one person and get them one result based on whatever it is you're helping them with. And once you get that person that result, it unlocks something in your brain about this confidence that you have that you can actually do this because you've found somebody and you've helped them do it. And this incredible confidence starts to come out. Plus, you have this great testimonial that you could use on your website or with your business. And so those are the things I try to do is to see, well, who can I actually make an impact on right now and then turn that into a business versus what most people do, which is they build a business and then scream from the rooftops and go, buy my thing. And then nobody buys it. And you're like, where did I go wrong? Mm -hmm. Okay. So imposter syndrome, going back to that first part of it, is really cured by community and micro wins. So when we're down on ourselves and we're having that imposter syndrome start to crawl back into our life, community and micro wins. Awesome advice right there. Well, Pat, with all of this, one of your guiding principles is really shining right now. And that's that the best and worst things in life are generally unplanned. So everything that happened with your previous job and then moving into creating this course, it's really been unplanned. And another principle that you have is whether success or failure, I want the satisfaction of knowing the results are my own. So can you break this one down for us? Because I know we have a lot of women in this community who are building something of their own right now or they want to start. Mm-hmm. When I worked in architecture, I worked so hard. I took more classes than I needed to. I did everything I could to climb the corporate ladder, like I said, and yet I still got let go. I followed the path that society, my parents, teachers, school, whoever told me to follow, and I followed it exactly. I mean, I graduated with a 4.22 grade point average. I graduated magna cum laude from Berkeley, like very prestigious stuff, yet I was still let go. And of course, there were circumstances like the recession, but as we're seeing, you know, the things can happen where you, you might get thrown off that path. And what I realized, and it took me a while to realize this, I think, I mean, I was very upset. I was very confused. I was very sad. I was very worried. 
But then eventually I got up and I dusted my shoulders off and I said, you know what? If I fail like this again, I want it to be my own fault. I want it to be because of something that I didn't do, not because I was following somebody else's path. So let me create my own path. And the path was kind of unknown. So I found other people who had gone down that path before me, right? It's just like when you're on a trail and you're hiking, you don't just go up the bushes and randomly and stumble across these rocks. There's paths that other people have already paved for you that make it so much easier and more level and easier to travel down. And there's so many people out there in this world who are generous with having shared this information and have paved the way, who have already made those mistakes that you can sort of follow. And whether that becomes you just reading their blog or listening to their podcast, or perhaps even further, finding them to become a mentor, or you take their class or whatever the case may be, those pathways have already been taken. The hard thing about this is we often look at other people who have done something before us, which is great. You want that motivation and inspiration. But too often, it's so easy to fall into the trap of, well, let me just do exactly what they did in the exact same way they did. The trouble is we are not them exactly. And our story is different from their story. Our connections are different than their connections. And we are on different timelines. We can get inspiration and motivation from them. But then at some point, we have to add in our own flavor, add in our own style. And really what that means is not necessarily adding new things on the outside. It really means just settling into who you are and what are your superpowers and what are the things that you could provide that perhaps other people just aren't as great at. And I like to call those unfair advantages because those are things that you can use and incorporate in your business. And I'm not talking about the unique thing about your product. I'm talking about the unique thing about you that you get to provide. And then you lean into that, right? And case in point, when I started talking about online business and sharing information about how to help people build their businesses and develop products and whatever. At the start, I would build websites and basically regurgitate the same information that I learned everywhere else, right? Which is what most people were doing. But then I started to realize that, wow, when I talk about the things that are unique to me, including the things that I failed at, including the unique situations that only I've gone through, and I talk about them, people started to resonate with that more. And then I started to ask around, I said, well, okay, why do you gravitate toward my work versus somebody else who perhaps has been in it even longer? And they say, you know, you, you get all different kinds of answers, but they're really important to pay attention to. And some of the answers I was getting was, well, Pat, you, you seem to sometimes talk more about your failures than your wins. And I love that because I learned so much from you from that. And I go, okay, well, I'm going to lean into that. Another thing I often got was, Pat, I love how you just talk about your family. You're not, you're not in this for the Lamborghinis and the mansions, like all those other people. You're just in it because you want to support your family. And that's why I'm in it. So I love that you talk about your family. So when I started to learn about these things, about why people gravitated toward me, which again, I didn't plan. I didn't know. It's just I showed up I am and people started to reflect that back on me. I started to lean into that even more and attract more of the right people, right? And as they often say, your vibe attracts your tribe. The trouble is we, we sometimes try to copy somebody else's vibe when really we have the thing that nobody else has all within us the entire time. Nobody is like you. You are 100% unique. You need to use that to your advantage. That's giving me chills. And I love that. And I, I've i been listening to your podcast probably since 2015. And I honestly was like, <laughs> yes, that's exactly why I love Pat. Because he talks about his family and how he supports his kids with their entrepreneurial ventures. And they're his why. And I mean, there are people who do the exact same thing out there that you do. And they just have different values and they lead with who they are. And that's amazing exactly. because they're attracting who they want in their community. And that's totally what pulled me into your community. And you're really the reason that I started to learn about 
Passive Income. And obviously, that's the name of your podcast, Smart Passive Income. And it's really one of the biggest things that you're known for. And our listeners are really busy. They have full lives, full hearts. They're tackling these really big dreams and raising babies, which Mm -hmm. really is the exact same place that you were when you started your business. I think your daughter was just born or maybe on the way. But anyways... Can you believe She's eight. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe that. She went to school. It's like the day after Halloween. And she's like, could I wear my Halloween costume to school? And I'm like, are you sure? Like, she's like goth cheerleader. (laughs) Who is this girl? This is crazy. I love that. Oh my gosh. And your son is so fun to follow too with all of his entrepreneurial ventures. He's wild. I know. And so with all of that, we have all of these women who are really excited about the idea of passive income. It's such a buzzword. So many people don't even think it's possible when someone mentions it. So could you break down what even is this unicorn of passive income? How can you do it in your business and your life? Sure. And I already mentioned that, you know, passive income doesn't come immediately. You don't press a button or buy a course or create a piece of content and then you're raking in the dough and you wake up in the morning and you have all this income. But I, again, know it's possible because I spent that time up front building a website to help people pass an exam. They were really looking for this information and I created a product that then could serve that audience 24 7, 365 even on holidays, because it's on a website, right? We're using technology to help us create these abilities to serve an audience consistently without us having to always do it in real time. Again, it takes active up up front, but then you can add people to help or software or other mechanisms to automate it later. I do want to also say that, honestly, there's no such thing as 100% forever passive income unless you're Mariah Carey and you sang that Christmas song, right? (laughs) So that's like the only form of true passive income that happens every year, right? But there is the ability for you to essentially create something now and you invest this time up front to create something like a business or a product that can then continually serve your audience later without you having to trade that time for money, right? So it's a little bit difficult to wrap our head around sometimes because we are so ingrained and we're so conditioned to go, okay, we work for this amount of time we get paid for this amount of time. You work X hours, you get paid Y dollars. And this is totally different. This is using the internet to reach people, to build an audience, to then serve them with something. And I'll go over a framework that we literally just created in our business. You'll be actually the first place we broadcast Ooh, it. This is exciting. Okay. okay, yes, Which absolutely. will make things easy uh, to start <laughs> out. But once you figure out how to serve that audience, then you can add those mechanisms so that when you go to bed and you wake up in the morning, you see, wow, you got four people who are in Europe who were awake at that time who purchased your you know, budgeting guide or whatever the, the course might be, right? It's pretty amazing. And it honestly, I remember the first dollar 18 cents. It was an advertisement that I put on my website through Google. It's called Google AdSense. If you have a website and you have some traffic, you can inject this code on your website to display an ad. And that ad kind of is different for every person depending on their history and whatnot. And I remember I woke up after displaying that on my website and it was a dollar 18. And it was the best feeling in the world. Like what? I had made money while I was sleeping. It was a buck. I could have found that in my couch cushion, but it was still the start of it. Right. And this is why like getting that one person, one result is really key. So I'm going to go over this framework, which will enable you to start this process to create something that then automation can be put on top of it. Right. And some of you might be in the middle of this already, which is great. For some of you, it might be a nice reframe for some of the things you're already doing. And it might be maybe an eye opener for some of you who might be trying to do all the things because truth be told, we know this. There are a million ways you can go and there are five million ways that you could choose which platform or anything to do. 
this is about simplifying. So I call this the five ones, right? The five ones. The first one that you need to select is your target audience or your target niche, your target market, right? And and I mean like really get niche in there, right? If you were, for example, in the fitness space and you're like, okay, I'm going to create a fitness product. I mean, that can mean anything to anybody. I'm going to create a fitness podcast. Well, does that mean you're going to talk about weightlifting and losing weight and nutrition and macro nutrients and keto and vegan and gluten, all this stuff. It's so much harder to connect with people when you are general today. Back in the day, information was not very available. So you create information about anything, people will come to you. Now, the problem is there's too much information. We are, as I like to say, suffering from content bloat. Everybody's suffering from content bloat. We're so bloated on content. So if you're creating content, you want to create content that's specific to a, a very specific type of person. So in the fitness space, is it, okay, well, maybe I'm going to target runners. Cool. Now I can imagine a running podcast for a running product, but you can go even further. What about a running product for women? What about a running product for women who are running their first marathon? Now you can get very specific. And the, the nice thing about this is even though in your mind, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm removing all these people that I could help. The truth is that by narrowing down, you're actually going to help people more because you will be able to cut through the noise. People will go, oh, well, you are the, the person for me because that's exactly me. That's exactly who you're targeting is me. And you're going to be able to better serve those people. And as I often say, the riches are in the niches. And I know it's pronounced niches. It just doesn't rhyme as well, right? <laughs> so the riches are in the niches. So that's number one of the five is to pick your niche and get in there and learn everything you can about that audience. Number two is to pick a content platform, one content platform, right? And it's hard because, and this is at the start, right? I have a podcast, a blog, a YouTube channel, all the things, but I didn't start out that way. I started out with one. And that way you could focus on it, you can learn about it, you can master it, you can you know figure out the algorithm on that particular platform, you can get examples from other people for that particular platform. And that is where you build your audience. You go and connect and create and you see what works. You see what doesn't. You get messy with it. You can't be a master unless first you're a disaster. So you just kind of go out there and determine what's your style and your voice. And you use that content platform to figure that out and connect with people. So you have your target audience and you have your content platform. The next one is a communication platform. This is a way for you to contact your audience that you build directly. Yes, there are places like YouTube and podcasting, which maybe you can connect with those people or not through comments or whatnot. But what I mean is like a direct message platform or even email to be able to actually communicate with those people so that when you build that audience, you can go, what's your number one struggle right now? Or what's your biggest challenge that you're suffering from? Because that can then provide the next one, the fourth one, which is a single solution or product or monetization option for them. So it might be coaching for that particular person based on that problem. It might be a course. It might be a book. It might be something. Whatever that one thing is, you can create it because you've immerse yourself in that space. You've got to know this audience and understand exactly what their problems are. And this is why niching down is important because imagine you are just in the general fitness space. You talk to an audience member and they need help with weight loss. And then you talk to another audience member and they're trying to run their first marathon. And then you are talking to another audience member who's also a runner, but they're an ultra marathon runner. So they, an ultra marathon runner has completely different needs, wants, a language, to use when describing their problems than somebody who's getting up off the couch for the first time and running their first 5K, right? So everything becomes easier when you do it this way. And then finally, your fifth one is one we've talked about already, which is once you find a potential solution for those people, one customer, one result. Get one person to pay you to get one result, and then that will open up a lot of 
confidence for you. It'll give you this testimonial that you can use when you then develop the business in whole. So that's the five ones that's brand new. Hopefully that sounds simple enough. It's not easy. It's simple, right? It's not easy, but it's simple. And it allows you to have this journey through your development to then create something where you can then go, okay, well, now I know because I've helped people already that a course about running a marathon is what I need. So, okay, let's develop the course. And the course is where you then can now build automation because once you build the course, it's always there and you just need to now, you know, create more content and bring more people in and get on other people's podcasts and all this other stuff that involves marketing, which which is a later conversation. But yeah, the five ones. Okay, so thank you for making this so simple. And just to reiterate those five ones again, it's niching down, niching down. Mm-hmm. Number two is one content platform. Number three, some kind of communication platform, figuring out what works well for your ideal audience member. Number four, that single solution. And then number five, one customer, one result, and starting from there. Boom. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that with our audience. We're the first ones to know. So at Pursuing Her Purpose, we love these frameworks and this will make it more simple just going forward. Okay. But let's let's get a little bit tangible here because I have the feeling that making money while you sleep and not trading time for money, as you mentioned before, it's really intriguing to much of our audience. So could you list a few popular passive income streams that we can use this framework with that might work well for busy mothers who also wear other multiple titles? Absolutely. So creating your own product is maybe the easiest one to think about because obviously if you find a niche and you find out people there who have a particular struggle or challenge, you can create a product for them. So something of your own. It might be an online course. It could be a book or a higher-end PDF file that walks them through. I know a lot of people who create journals, worksheets, and templates. Again, depends who your audience is and what they need. But a digital product is going to be easiest for this idea of removing yourself from that process as much as possible. I've also invented a product, like a physical product. It's a tripod called the SwitchPod. Physical products are hard, (laughs) I will say. There's a lot to it. There's a lot more money potentially required up front to create the molds for the manufacturing and stuff. And although that business is also successful, it's made me appreciate the digital space a lot more because there's so much less upkeep and overhead and all that kind of stuff with a digital product. So creating your own something could be a great way to do it. However, it still takes time to create. It still takes you know a lot of courage to do, which maybe a lot of us don't even have the time to create our own products. What else might we do? Another great thing to potentially do would be to do affiliate marketing. Affiliate marketing is actually one of the first ways that I started to generate more than seven figures a year. And affiliate marketing essentially is on the content platform you have recommending products and offering products to your audience that aren't your own. They're created by other people or other companies. And you can do this by being an Amazon associate on Amazon, where you can promote products that are on Amazon. And you know, you're not going to make a lot there because the percentages that you earn are very small. However, you might find people in your niche, in your audience. Maybe you have a podcast and you're connecting with people and they have a product that you could sell on their behalf. Essentially, you earn a commission every time you bring a customer in. And in some cases, you can earn hundreds of dollars through 50, 60, 70% commission on various people's products. And if those products are courses or digital, it's just so easy to talk about your experience with that product or your connection to that person and how it might help your audience. And then you can go from there. Affiliate marketing, I've been an affiliate for other people's courses, for trainers. I've been an affiliate for a lot of products, especially because I teach a lot of podcasting, for example, an affiliate for microphones and hosting platforms. And I've generated over, I think since two. 2010, when I started affiliate marketing, over $4.5 million in earnings with affiliate marketing. And the cool thing about that is 
you don't have to create the product. Those products may already exist. You just have to be the one to step up and tell people why it's great and what to look out for and what's good about it, what's not good about it. I mean, be honest and be authentic. But your platform is your voice and your voice can have an influence on what people could get or or not get. It's very similar to how sponsored posts and things like that might work in advertising, except the benefit of this is you will likely make more money over time because you are generating an income every time somebody becomes a customer, not just for saying something. And then it's of benefit to the company that you're promoting because the company doesn't have to pay you until a customer comes in versus hoping that you'll have a certain number of views or a certain number of listens or something for a sponsorship or advertisement spot. Now, there's another thing that you might be able to do is to get into some freelancing. Freelancing is an amazing way not to start passively, but to actively get used to serving clients and helping people. Maybe you're a designer, maybe you help people with web related things or what have you. You can help them in a freelancing kind of model where you can get you know a couple clients a month could easily pay for, depending on what it is, a salary. You know, you, I know people who are who have three clients that are each paying them $3,000 a month to help them with their Facebook ads, for example. Three clients only. The only three people they have to have. And they're making $9,000 a month doing that. And now they've made it more passive because they've hired people to be the people who serve those clients. And they're just essentially the manager of those of those advertisers who help with their clients. So starting with, yes, you helping people, but then removing yourself from that process and putting other people in there, other systems in place to get more time back can be a way to make things passive for sure. And then, of course, there's all these other options like potentially creating software. If you work with a software developer to create you know, a, a version of software that allows people... I know a person who, for example, created a budgeting tool specifically for his finance clients and, you know, they're multi-million dollar sort of clients. So they need a special kind of software like QuickBooks isn't doing it for them. So they they created a version of QuickBooks just for those kinds of clients. And those people pay $99 a month to be in there and they can't imagine life without it. So if you have just, you know, 50, 100 people in there paying monthly to have access to the software wow, that could be great. Maybe it's an iPad app, for example, an application, right? These things that you only have to create once, but then they get sold over and over and over again because it's just code is really interesting too. Coaching could be another option. It's not, again, necessarily passive, but it is something that on your own time, right? And this is what we're talking about. we, We don't have a lot of time. Well, if you have two hours a week to spare, you can schedule within those two hours a coaching client, whether you are a life coach or a dance coach, singing coach, whatever it might be, you likely have some expertise and knowledge that you could share with somebody, again, on your own time to pay you for that. And it could be incredible because that you don't have to have a million people to have an incredible lifestyle with a small business like this. I think that's another big myth is, oh, well, I need a million followers. I need a million subscribers. No, you just need... Honestly, if you had you know, a platform where you had a thousand people, right? A thousand true fans. Let's imagine you had a thousand true fans of your thing, whatever, whatever your thing is, a thousand true fans. Within those thousands or that thousand, you probably monetize by having even 10 of them pay you a certain level of dollars per month. And let's just imagine like a thousand people paying a hundred dollars a year, a hundred dollars a year. That's less than $10 a month to get access to your membership community or your program or whatever. I mean, that's a six-figure business right there. A thousand people times a hundred or a hundred people times a thousand. Like that, that's just incredible to think about. Um, It's not as far out of reach as we often think. 
Pat, you've totally debunked the myth that passive income is not real. It definitely, there's so many opportunities and options out there. I will never forget the first dollar that I made online too. I had launched Mm -hmm. an online course. I was out for dinner. We went out to dinner right after and my phone started buzzing and I saw the sales coming in and I just cannot even explain to you the excitement that I felt in that moment. And Amy and Abby and I, we also just launched a planner, the Purposeful Week Planner, maybe a week or two ago. And we were all just messaging each other. We were excited when that first sale came in. And something just to remember too, when you see these offers, these are small businesses. People are celebrating behind the scenes when those offers do come in or when they wake up in the morning and they see that that sale was made overnight. I mean, it really is just the most incredible feeling, especially when it's something that you've built of your own. I just can't emphasize that enough. If it's something that's in your heart and you know that you have a product in you or Mm -hmm. you want to get something out there, this is such a great opportunity. And there's so many avenues. And speaking of, you know, your framework that you provided us to really launch something and get something out there where you can get that one result, a big piece of that is the content platform. And for you and for us, really that is podcasting. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of one of the OGs in the industry. You know, you've been doing (laughs) it for a really long time. You have over 65 million downloads, which is so, so impressive. I can't even emphasize that enough for any of our listeners, how incredible that is. And you have really seen it all. So back from when you started, what has kind of changed in the world of podcasting? Yeah, podcasting is by far my favorite thing to do. We can connect like this, like right now, right? Abby, Kat and I are having a conversation and we're, we're becoming friends here by having just naturally this conversation for this long. It's very easy to connect with other people like this on a podcast versus, you know, getting people in a studio to shoot a video, guest blogging and stuff is connection between people, but it just doesn't have the same feel. You don't hear the voice. You don't hear the emotion and the intonation and the joy and the sadness. All that is beautiful about podcasting. It's just easier to produce, number one. And then number two, these connections that you have. Many of my best friends now are a result of a connection that first happened on a podcast, whether it was me on theirs or theirs on mine. And it's just so much, it's just really cool. And when I think about this from a content creator's perspective in terms of ROI and, you know, time spent and whatnot, it's pretty incredible when you see the numbers and the analytics, right? I have a YouTube channel as well. On the YouTube channel, if you get people watching your videos and they stick around for at least five minutes, five minutes only, that's really good on YouTube. On a podcast, I mean, how long have people been listening to this? Over a half hour so far? I mean, and we're still going. And people are going to stick around to the very end of this. And nowhere else do you have people consuming content in this way for this long while people are at the grocery store or while people are on a commute or walking their dogs or maybe you're at the gym literally right now listening to this. You're not watching video. You're not necessarily reading a blog post, you're listening to people have a conversation and you can learn something at the same time, right? It's so, so incredible. Now, it's definitely changed over time. Back in the day, it was easy to create a podcast and then immediately you're in new and noteworthy and you're getting thousands of downloads just kind of automatically because there wasn't that many podcasts. And yeah, I am sort of an OG. It makes me feel a little old, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) But more wiser, perhaps. But at the same time, it's just getting started still. I mean... We just crossed in 2020, 1 million total podcasts in 2020. Compare that to 500 million active blogs and 50 million active YouTube channels. We only just passed 1 million podcasts. And most of them aren't active. 
which gives us a huge opportunity to connect with the right people and to build our audience in a very intimate way. It's the best way, in my opinion, to scale intimacy is through the power of voice here on a podcast. What we're also seeing is a ton of money being put into this platform, right? A lot of big companies like Spotify are starting to put a lot of time and resources. Google and Apple finally are putting a lot more time and effort. And there's going to be a huge wave of more technologies coming that are going to ultimately just help the creator get in front of more audiences. And what we're starting to see now is a little bit of movement. We're not quite there yet. And you still have have to kind of hack your way there still. And perhaps you, you two are feeling this too, is podcasting still feels very, you know, you're listening, but then there's not really a community there yet. You have to kind of build the community elsewhere. And there are some technologies and people who are creating solutions potentially to sort of marry the community of podcast listeners with their podcaster on the platform. But that's still a bit of ways away, which is why we're really excited because we've been developing SPI Pro, which is our community in SPI, to invite people and listeners and entrepreneurs together to learn from each other and actually stay connected in between episodes, which is really great. But you don't have to have a premium thing like that. You can have a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group to bring your community together. I mean, imagine having an episode come out and then pop into Facebook and go, hey, what'd you all think of the latest episode? What was your favorite parts? And you're starting to engage and you're starting to chat, sort of like a book club, but in a podcast form, but online. That stuff is happening more and more now because I think there is this trend, not just in podcasting, but in general and business, especially of the importance of community and building your niche community and having your people there and allowing for a space for people to find each other. It's so great when that happens because people often come for the content, but they stick around for the community. And long-term business success is what I'm here for. And I'm sure that's the same for you too as well. In addition, like it's just getting easier to start a podcast. Back when I started, you had to learn how to code and all this stuff. All that stuff's taken care of now using tools like Buzzsprout or Libsyn or whoever to host your platform and just get it up on Apple and Spotify and Google and all the places really quickly for you. Um, And what's really cool is people are diving more into quality audio. Like People are becoming very amazing storytellers. They're starting to add background music and all this stuff. NPR style is starting to come in for the person who's just a regular person, a podcaster. It's just so fun. But I still, again, think it's so early on. And, and I think that if if you have any inclination to wanting to start a podcast, do it. Because it's, I mean, Abby and Kat, you could tell me, isn't this the most fun thing to do ever? It's so fun. And <laughs> I, I love how you made it so approachable too. Like it is just kind of the beginning in so many ways of podcasting. And it is a multitasker's dream to be able to consume content. Like you said, For whether sure. you're at the gym or you're commuting. So I know some of our listeners are curious, but is it easy to monetize a podcast now in the game? It's not easy, but it's it's as easy as monetizing anything else, right? Uh, monetization comes from how well you serve other people. I mean, that's how that that's an expression of mine, right? Your earnings are a byproduct of how well you serve your audience. So when you build an audience and you serve them well and you tell stories and you connect with them and you invite them on your show and all this other stuff happens, you build this community, well then, yes, monetization be- can become a lot easier. You're not going to make money from just creating a podcast tomorrow and setting it up. And even if you have an audience already, it's going to take some time. But there's multiple ways to monetize a podcast. Number one and most popular is sponsorships. So once you start to get a little bit of a sizable audience, of course, companies will want to get in front of that audience. They know the trust that you've built with them. They know how intimate you are with them and and they're going to take your recommendation, right? So use that power wisely because the most important thing is your reputation, right? If you were to recommend a product or, or promote something that doesn't fit within your values or align with your audience, then, you know, sure, they might have a bad experience with that product, but 
they're not going to take your recommendations anymore and you've almost ruined your reputation. So very, very important to make sure to, if you're going to be promoting other products, whether it's affiliate marketing or a sponsor situation, that you are in line with those companies and their values. Affiliate marketing is definitely the easiest way to generate an income. So imagine creating a podcast episode where you tell a story of your top five most helpful tools that you've used to get to where you're at. Well, great. You can just mention those five tools, describe them, talk about them. What did you like? What did you didn't like? And then mention the link for people to go through that is your affiliate link. Now, you do have to disclose that that is an affiliate link. That's FTC, Federal Trade Commission rules. You need to disclose that. But I never find that to be a problem. In fact, people, if you provide value, often will be thankful that you are now telling them that, oh, you get a little bit of a kickback if they go through your link. People actually you know, will want to pay you back when you serve them up front like that, which is really cool. So we talked about sponsorships and advertising. We talked about affiliate marketing. You can talk about the products that you already use. You can obviously promote your own products, your own events, your own whatever you have in there as well. So that would be number three. And then the other cool thing that podcasting is especially excelling at in terms of monetization is this idea of having your fans just want to support you. And there are tools and platforms out there like Patreon, where you can essentially... The pitch would be like, hey, if you want to support the show, you can join me on Patreon. At the $5 level, you'll get a shout out once a month on the podcast. At the $20 level per month, you're going to get a special call with me. You can create whatever you want at these tier levels. And you'll find that some people will pay you a lot of money just because they love your stuff. It's just like PBS, right? Paid for by viewers like you, except in this case, it's for listeners. And so Patreon is an amazing way to do this. I know I know a person in the tech space who is making $25,000 a month, not selling any products, not promoting any other companies, but simply because his fans want him to continue to show up. And that is awesome. And he's created an amazing community there too to do that. And isn't that brilliant? You just get to talk and, and show up and your audience wants to support you. It doesn't happen overnight, but it can happen and it does happen. And it's definitely possible. Oh, all of those are amazing. And I think the three of us have dabbled in all of those, which is really fun to hear you say all of them and be like, yes, okay, we've tried that. We've done that. We're doing this, which is really cool to see. And there's so much opportunity there for monetization. And for sure. this is such a fun conversation. I know you've left our listeners with so many ideas, not only on how to build income streams, how to monetize them, how to build really profitable and beautiful small businesses. And I would just love if you could let us know where our community can find you. Yeah, no, thank you both so much. I mean, this has been a pleasure. I just love the vibe. And, and I hope that the ladies listening are going to you know, take action because you know there was a quote that I remember hearing once, the richest place in the world is the graveyard because that's the place that all the best ideas go to die, right? And that like hit me really hard because I was like, wow, I have so many ideas and I know so many other people who have ideas who never do anything about it. And the most important thing is coming out of these episodes that you listen here on the show and you actually do something with it. Even if it's a failure, the truth is you either get the result you wanted or the lesson you needed. So truly there is no failure if you just do. What you don't want to do is live with those regrets. So uh, just my final message for all of you as you're listening, hopefully that inspires you in some way. And you know, it's a lesson, like I said, I teach my kids and, and I want them to make their own choices, but have all the options in front of them. And hopefully you all see that you have that same capability too. So anyway, thank you so much for having me on. You can find me at smartpassiveincome.com. That's where you can find a lot of our lessons and guides and courses and whatnot. And then you can also find me on YouTube, Pat Flynn. Uh, I do a lot of content there as well and at Pat Flynn on all the social media channels. Well, thank you again, Pat. And for those of you who are listening who are interested in podcasting, I know Pat's brought up this affiliate programming and we've included our affiliate link to the podcasting course that I personally took to get herself and pursuing her purpose off the ground. 
all of the affiliate programs that we have, including Planoly and Canva and now Pat's course, they're things that we use every single day. They're resources that we needed to get our business off the ground and we can wholeheartedly put our stamp of approval on them. And Pat's course is definitely one of them. Definitely Thank one you of them. so much. <laughs> I, I, I love marketing in business where everybody wins, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I want to send you guys a fat check as a result of this promotion. And what I know about that is your audience is going to get the love and care they need to start their own show. You're going to get a kickback as a thank you. And then now their listeners who now will be able to listen to them are going to find value from their voice. This is awesome. Everybody could win. And just thank you for supporting the course and and being a part of it, taking action. I mean, you guys are doing incredible. Oh, well, thank you. And I just think back to when we first started, Pat, and how nervous we were about the tech, like what mm-hmm. equipment to buy, if we want to save money and do our own editing, which I did for over a year. The course really has all of that. So thank you. We'll make sure to include it in the notes section below. But thanks for this course, all the resources that you have to really help entrepreneurs take the steps that they need to find those income streams that work for each of us because they will look a little bit different for every one of us. Thanks again, Pat. Thank you. Thank you. 